What's up, y'all? Welcome to Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk. We're talking superheroes, movies, TV, video games, anime, action figures, comic books, and more. I'm Lawrence St. Victor. We got Jack Walker Pearson. We got Richard Wilson, but we don't have Christopher St. Victor because he's on a beach somewhere in Mexico smoking a cigar, reading a comic book, living his best. Oh, yeah. Life. Hopefully Man. he's reading Batman 123, 25. Probably not. It looked like he was reading Kick-Ass, to tell you the truth. <laughs> it did not look like it was, Batman. It was not Batman, but anyways, at least he's getting some comic book reading in. How was your week, guys? What have you been watching, reading, or playing? What's going on? You know, I went on a anime binge trying to find content I was happy with, and uh, I just kept striking out, man. I went through like nine different things. I'm not even going to I'm not even going to list them off, but I just wasn't happy with any of them almost. So I'm really, really looking forward to Anime Alley today. I hope uh, Rich has come prepared because I need an anime fix. And I'm just jonesing, Rich. We're jonesing, baby. I mean, I can't guarantee you to like it, but uh, I loved it. Well, that's that'll be good enough for me. At least point me in the right direction. Hopefully, other than that, I had a pretty uh, pretty quiet week. I rode my bike a lot. I mean, I've clocked in a lot of miles going up the hills on this bike. How big are and, your calves? Yo, man, you've seen Popeye's forearms? Yeah, they ain't got nothing. On and uh, I was a guest on a po- another podcast this last week. Don't worry, guys. Shot of oh, milk, staying home. We were so jealous, <laughs> Jack. We were like, "Oh no!" We were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, you were. Uh, but it was fun to kind of to kind of go sample what some other people got going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice man, nice. Yeah, Rich, you've been watching I mean, stuff. I've been watching stuff. Um, some some new stuff that popped up. Day shift. On Netflix, oh, um, yeah. I mean, it was uh, it is what it is. It was a Jamie Foxx movie, Netflix movie about vampire guy who was um, the vampires is like a known thing, kind yeah. of, but still mm-hmm. like a secret. There's a union, which is a secret that like in the back of a a, a dry cleaners, kind of like MIB type of stuff. But um, but yeah, it was it was it was entertaining. How was Snoop? Don't, I didn't like Snoop. Oh, <laughs> I didn't like Snoop. Man. I'm not oh. gonna lie. He was, he was. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, I didn't like Snoop. That's almost that. But um, uh, Dota season three, I finished that. That that popped up and Uncharted. On I can't say and Uncharted. Uncharted also watched that. That was would you would you expect? Did you no, play the games? I have not. No. Well, watch is just like you play the games. I mean, oh, okay. Well, I'm not missing anything. Anyway, and then Carter. <laughs> um, Carter, Carter, Carter. What can I say about Carter? It was not good. That's really? what I can say. It was not it good. Like it was pretty. No. What about no. the action. No. Let really? me tell you. If you go into a shower, first of all, there was too many Asian ass cheeks and dongs just swinging around. Rich, for me. is there um, ever? And then is there such thing as too much? <laughs> there is. Dongs. There is. Yes. <laughs> so there, there was one thing. It was like literally like when like the first now maybe like 10 15 minutes of the movie and he he falls into a shower room with a bunch of yakuza's in south korea uh, work make that work out but um he's fighting like a, a gang a whole shower room bathroom of of yakuza with you no know, just various like sharp objects and comes out with not one cut on this man 
Not one cut. <laughs> Surrounded at all times. Not one cut on this man. I was like, come on. And then they were like doing this weird like drone fly cam thing. It was like it was like flying in between the action and like like it was like it was weird. And the way it was doing the way it was like edited, it it wasn't a smooth transition from scene to scene. Like it seemed like it kind of glitched a little bit and then boom, you're in the next scene. Oh it, it just wasn't done well. But um yeah. That looked interesting. I'm, I'm, I, you, know, you saved me about an hour and a half of my life. Thank yeah. You. Oh, and they loved using um, dummies when thing when people were falling out of uh, like cars and whatnot. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like the, oh, it's like a late '80s action movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was like they're fighting. He drops a guy out, and they're like it just ragdoll dummy. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? But uh, yeah, that's that's all I did. Um, I mean, I gamed a little bit. I'm still trying to set up this um this streaming thing trying to see which one is the best for y'all but uh yeah i did like two out two three hours of uh fallout because i had that level up my guy anyway and uh yeah i'll get some stuff out for y'all and that's it that's my week it's a good week man me i've been uh toy hunting big time the superpowers line i've been toy hunting online walmart striking out and i hit some but i'm gonna save it for when chris is here because i think he's the only one that really appreciates these toys (laughs) i'm gonna save it for when chris comes back uh watching westworld it's cool man i just don't remember anything that they're talking about but it's still fun to go on the ride and the actors are so freaking dope. And I've been playing Call of Duty online. Look at Riz's face. <laughs> no. Really? I have. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. My friend Rain, she said, let's play. I said, cool. I hooked up the PS5. It's free anyway. So we've been yeah. playing um, Warzone. Yeah. Getting destroyed. Okay. But I can't, I can't get Modern Warfare. It's uh-huh. almost like it won't let me. And it wants me to pre-order Modern Warfare too. Yeah, I don't know what it is because I'm because I have, I'm having a problem because I need to level up some guns on Modern Warfare, and I was trying to play the multiplayer, but it was telling me I was missing a pack. And everywhere I try to go to to re-download it, I can't find it. So uh, I'm you're not sure trying to happening. play the multiplayer Modern Warfare. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to get access to too. I think they also said there might be a glitch in the server mm. and that people a lot of people are complaining about not having access to that. I didn't know if it was a PlayStation thing or just a Call of Duty wide thing mm. i don't know but it's pretty fun man and now i got what i understood what you said when you talk about prey when she's sliding i'm like yeah you can yeah. slide yeah, forever right? <laughs> man. man um but that's that's been pretty much my week it's been uneventful geek wise just a lot of toy hunting and looking for toys man Rich, what's up? I got a question for you, man. What's that? How much did it cost to kill Tony Stark's family? Oh, dude, this one. Um, I, how much did it cost to kill Tony Stark's family? One buck. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was dark and bad. Wow. Okay. It wasn't bad. Yeah. It was dark. Yeah, like, you got it. Yeah, I, mean, you got I got it. it. I got it. Makes it. Sense. Give him at least that. It made it's sense. It's a good one. Yeah. Come on. Come on, baby. Come uh, on. You like them dark. I thought you liked it dark. I did, can but you, they're, they're can good. Can you get the Y in there, though? Huh? Can you get the Y in there? The Y? You got to take like a little Shazura after you say buck and then hit the E. One, oh, I got what you're saying. Rich, how much did it cost to kill Tony Stark's family? How much did it cost to kill Tony Stark's family? One buck E. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. That was a little better. Yeah, good. Well done, Jack. That was well a little done. better. A little better. <laughs> that was a little better. 
All right, now that we've been through this torture, let's go down the street, make a ride at the light, left at the stop sign. We'll be at Collector's Corner. Show and tell time. Here at the Collector's Corner, we take something out of our toy chest, something off our video game case, something off our complex shelf, and we showcase it to the world. It could be worth millions of dollars or just sentimental. What do you guys got? I'll go first. Oh, mother. Yeah, huh? No, Jack, you go first. He's Jonesing. Okay, go look, first. All right, all right, all right. All right. As you guys know, I am a big fan of a particular comic book character. I haven't really seen him in a live action yet, and I'm jonesing for it. I really am, and I know have no idea how they're going to pull it off, but someday they will pull this off. I'm showing you the original before he was called Spider-Pig. Oh, God. <laughs> Peter Porker's name was Spider-Ham. Okay. All right. So wow. the original... The original Spider-Ham comic, which dropped in 1983, is right there. And what's so great about the cover... It's not just him on the cover. It's it's not just him on the cover. So I'm going to describe the cover to you guys. What you have here is you have Peter Porker, Spider-Ham, who looks like a, you know, anthropomorphic pig. You've got um, Captain America-cat. Captain America is a cat. Wow. Well... Well done. You've got you've got a uh, Hulk bunny. The Incredible Hulk is a odd a looking bunny. bunny Out thing. of all the animals to make the Hulk, yeah. he's a bunny rabbit, <laughs> which kind of which actually kind of works. Um, and he's got a he's got an Audi belly button. You kind of see it really poking out of his pants there. Yeah. Okay. And the best one in the corner down here is Goose Rider. <laughs> Goose Rider. Oh, wow. Okay. Goose Rider. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. So I was super, super excited to add this to my collection. Uh, Spider Ham, starring Peter Porker. <laughs> nice. Fun note, Peter Porker was my screen name when I was looking at porn. Wow. On that note. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll go next. <laughs> I'll go next. Anybody who's excited, go to OnlyFans. Search for Peter Porker. You yeah, might see. Search for Peter Porker. See what you, <laughs> you find. Might, see what you find. Dude, we're, we're branching three brothers out into all the genres, man. Um, this is a, a new pickups for me, but they're new comic books. And I showed off the first one last uh, last week or the week before last, but it's my Batman 125 and Batman 126 comics. As of right now, 127 hasn't come out. And these are just dope, man. Like I said before, this is turning out to be a straight up modern classic, like Hush, like uh, Killing Joke, Long, uh, Long Halloween. It's, it's, it's turning into that. And the artwork is dope. The writing is spectacular. And um, I just have to tell you guys, we have um, Jorge Jimenez. He's an artist on here. And then, but in the writer, man, you got Chip Sadarsky. Might be butchering your name. Chip Sadarsky and Jorge Jimenez. Guys, this book is freaking dope. Not only do they get into Batman's head as, 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 how you imagine his his mind to work, but you get the whole Bat family in here and it doesn't feel forced. It feels dark and gritty and realistic, but at the same time, it's extremely science fiction and it all works together so far. So, man, I highly recommend it. And these covers are sick. And they're both Batman and Robin in the freaking Gotham sky. Nice. It's so yeah. dope. It's so dope. That's so cool. Cop these. This is turning into a modern 
freaking classic. And you can tell that they're fans because they're pulling things from different times in Batman story arcs and making it work in this single. So I don't want to spoil anything, but it's dope. Highly, 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 highly recommend it. Highly recommend. Highly recommend it. I'm going to go next because I know Jack's going to be out here talking about his thing. Uh, Oh, wait. No. Jack went first, right? It don't matter. So Here we go. What I'm Yo, I got Peacemaker. I got Peacemaker. Yes, Pop. <laughs> 12:33, and this is the one with him in his underwears, just posted, posted. Wow. Wow. And I, I saw this one. I got, I got him the same time. I got him with the eagerly one, and then see if we're gonna focus on that. Now we're not, but anyway. But yeah, when I saw it, I'm like, I have to get my man. I gotta get it. I gotta get it. Wow. And there it is. So we, so we're looking at Peacemaker in his in his skivvies wearing his helmet. Which which yeah. helmet is that? Do we know? I don't even know. I think it's just the first one he wore. Yeah, if it's based on yeah. the show, then it's the first one that just I don't know what the first one did. I think it's the first one from the uh, it was the, the movie, one that did the Sonic Blast. Is it yeah, because yeah, because it, it killed the alien girl that he was like yeah, with yeah. that he didn't realize oh, was an that alien that he was in his underwear with. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, yeah. Okay. this is great. Maybe, but yeah, oh this, and he it's a jacked Funko Pop. Like he's it's jacked. A jack, yes, <laughs> he did. He's, he's muscular in there. Wow. Yeah. Well done, Rich. There it is. The, That's going to be a dope unboxing. Funny. Rich does amazing unboxings, y'all. Check out our YouTube channel. He is he he has. I feel like a lot of your stuff are in boxes, Rich. They're just dying for a you lot. to unbox them. I'm not unboxing everything. I'm I'm not going to hold it. I'm not unboxing everything. But what no. I get will unbox. I will I will definitely film it. Yes, sir. Don't be stingy, Rich. You got to share it with the world, man. But yo. So Jack said that he has been jonesing for a little freaking anime. He needs anime. Okay. Can we go down Anime Alley and see how rich is the anime you're watching? Yes. The anime I'm watching is Are Furuta from Commonplace to World's Strongest. I talked about this in the, not in, I don't think in the podcast. Well, I talked about this in the podcast, but I really didn't talk too much about it. And then I definitely put a little... Uh, note in it on the IG is about a high school student, Hajime, him and his classmates transported to a whole new world, a fantastic fantasy world. And they all got uh, classes or skills. So his class, he hasn't really sort out yet, doesn't really know what it's about. But during a battle, his his classmates, one of his classmates, at least pretty much threw him over an edge or blasted him over an edge of a bridge and into the deep dungeon and he had to survive and within there he lost an arm he lost an eye but he found out how to use his power and became strong pretty much morphed and turned half monster half half human and uh came across allies who just so happened to be all women you know a little harem story going on there (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah he he pretty much starts dominating i would say dominating but he pretty much is is really just kicking his world's ass um getting his ass kicked a little bit too but for the most part coming out on top getting powerful learning more skills and his goal is trying to get himself and his classmates back to the real world or at least their world thing was they didn't know he was alive. They all thought he was dead. And when they saw him, they didn't really recognize him until he talked because his voice still the same. His his exterior changed, his eye color, his hair color. He got a little bit bigger, got muscular. So they didn't recognize who he was until he talked, and mainly his teacher recognized him. But now this season three, no, season two now, and they kind of they, they kind of got back together. At the end of season one, they kind of got back together, and now they're kind of fighting together now in season 
in season two. And now he's really dead set on getting him and his classmates and his teacher back to Earth or their world. Dude, how rich is it? Yeah, you know, right now? I'm gonna let you. It's it's uh it's pretty rich. Should we put some numbers on this? Yeah, I'm gonna put give it. A, on it, baby. I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna give it an eight on the rich, on the rich. Eight out of ten. Give it an eight out of ten on the richness. Hey, oh wow! Uh, I'm, I'm you enjoying this it. On, what do you watch? Watch it on Hulu. You um get on Hulu. Uh, go also get on Crunchyroll. Jack. What's the name of it again? Arfaruta from the commonplace to world strongest. Jack's writing it down. We're going to check it out, man. We're going to check it out. But Rich, thank you so much for the recommendation. Guys, I think it's time for some news. You guys are going to love this. It looks like Ghost of Tsushima, the movie, will be entirely in Japanese with Mm. the Japanese cast. Well, I was hoping we would have a Japanese cast. But the fact that it's going to be spoken in entirely Japanese, that's pretty freaking dope. I don't like to read stuff, but I will read this movie because this game is freaking fire. Did you play the game? I have. I just, with life, I'm selling the first 10 minutes (laughs) just because of life. But it's brilliant. (laughs) Um, The Simpsons, the next season, will finally reveal how the show has managed to predict the future. (laughs) Because for those who don't watch The Simpsons or have never watched The Simpsons, if you watch The Simpsons, you would know that they have said things and they actually happen. And I I wish I could pull up a list. If Chris was here, he would know because he's a massive Simpsons fan. But they're going to actually come up with a reason why they're able to do this next season on The Simpsons. Sonic. We're getting a Sonic 3, guys. 2024. We are getting a Sonic 3 December 20th, man. This thing's cooking. They're going to keep making them. Because this thing is killing it. That's wild. Um, Rosario Dawson, during a panel for C2E2 panel, might have spoiled the fact that they're working on a Punisher series. Mm-mm. She said, I would love to be on the new Punisher show. Show Seemingly confirming that there will be a new Punisher show. And then she, oh. you know, she dialed it back. I don't know. She's definitely in the Marvel world. She's in the know. She was on the Punisher. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if that has anything to do with it. Kevin Smith weighed in on DC's Batgirl cancellation. I kind of love what he had to say. He says it's an incredible, it's an incredible bad look to cancel the, the Latino Batgirl movie. I don't give an ish if the movie was absolute effing dog-ish. I guarantee you that it wasn't. The two directors who directed the movie did a couple episodes of Miss Marvel, and it was a wonderful effing show. And they had more money to do Batgirl than they had to do an episode of Miss Marvel and stuff. He is pissed. And guys, this was straight up a numbers decision because you want to know why? Next bit of news. Ezra Miller reportedly shot some reshoots for the Flash movie over the summer, Mm. which means that they know that all that crap he was doing was bad, but the numbers make sense for the Flash to come out. Wait, 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 wait. This is before he ran away with the girl, though, and before he was punching people in the bar. No. Hawaii. After he was punching people in Hawaii? I would say it could be after before the girl, but after yeah, after a bunch of these allegations for sure. Mm. And he allegedly did reshoots. Now the WB is uh, Ezra Miller reportedly filmed scenes for the Flash this summer despite legal troubles. Now Warner Brothers has well, they they you know there has been a statement that's been not a statement, but allegedly people are saying that they might scrap the movie because of all these issues. 
But I feel like that's them saying they'll scrap it because it's a good thing to say. They didn't cancel Batgirl because it's bad. They canceled Batgirl because it didn't fit with their structure and they didn't want they want to make money. This is a two hundred million dollar plus. The movie's already finished. Both are finished. This makes no sense. Right. So if they're with so I don't think they're willing to do that with the flash. So I think they're gonna wait to see if they can beat out his bad press. Try to market this thing a little bit or allow Ezra Miller to kill himself in the press and go, listen, we made a great movie. He's terrible, but everybody else who worked on this thing are amazing. And we're going to put this movie out and we guarantee you the next Flash movie will not be him. Matter of fact, he's not going to work for this studio again. There's a way to put out this movie and get your $200 million back. But I don't think that's a dollar they want to miss. But who knows? But what about the $90 million on the Batgirl? What's I mean, ninety million is still ninety million. Jack, I'm in, I'm I, I'm in, I'm in total agreement with you, wow. but I guess for them that ninety million on HBO Max is different than this theatrical international release. Yeah, it's cheaper because you don't got to pay for advertising, which is usually a third of the budget anyway. No one knows. Like they're putting another, they're putting another fifty million on advertising the Flash. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have put anything on the Batgirl movie other than maybe a few billboards over uh, L.A. I don't know what these people are thinking, but if they're going for our movies need to estimate about a billion at the end of the day, box office. And if it doesn't do that, then there's no point in further putting money into it. I agree with that, except for the fact that it's already finished. I don't know what to tell you. All right. I'm, I'm on your side. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous. So you yo, need to go to DC and you need to go to WB Lawrence. You need to talk to whoever the F is in charge now. And do and do and say, what, Jack? What 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 is really going on here? Believe me, I'm sure he you got that phone call is. from I a lot of people. The, uh, listen, man, I, I don't want to get too conspiracy heavy, but it's go. definitely some Illuminati racist shit going on right now. Oh. I'm gonna leave this in the podcast. Leave this part in the podcast. All right. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bad look all around. But you know what else is an interesting look? It looks like the the She Hulk head writer teases Daredevil's lighter personality. She said that Charlie is so wonderful, Charlie Cox. He's so game to do whatever. He's such a wonderful actor and a wonderful human. What's so fun about bringing him and Daredevil into our world is that people have already seen Daredevil, who's very dramatic, a little bit on the heavy and dark side. It was fun to be able to, to bring him in and, and, and do what they do with cameos and, I guess, make him lighter, which is oh. going to be much more, uh, it's going to be, which is a much more dramatic and action-oriented role, much more on, what is she saying? I'm sorry, I lost myself. I'll Basically saying, here's what she's saying. She's saying, I hope y'all like Vincent D'Onofrio's Hawaiian shirt, Kingpin, because now you got a daredevil to match it. That's what Boom. we're getting. Ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. they've gone on record to let you know, lower your expectations. I was surprised Hulk's not getting a, She-Hulk's not getting a theatrical release either. It's just straight it's to- It's a Disney series. Plus. It's a series. It's a series. Why was I thinking it was a movie? I don't know. No, Disney Plus, they're not doing movies. All their stuff on there is series or miniseries. Wow. That's well, a series. That. But that drops, uh, first episode drops what, next week? So, well, as of this recording, it's probably already out, Ooh. right? Well, mm-hmm. as of this no, 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 yes. He means by the, by the time people are listening to the podcast, it will have been out, potentially. Oh, they know what that means, Jack, because they're listening to it right now. <laughs> 
Yeah, but Rich doesn't we're, know what it means because he's oh. recording now. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen yeah. who are listening to the podcast, we're actually in the past recording for the present, which is the future for us. They, I, I think they're the ones who get it. We're the <laughs> ones who are a little confused. They know where they are. Yo, it looks like uh, Love, Death, and Robots are going to get a season four, probably sometime in 2024. So if you love this bad boy, it is coming and it is coming hard. Prey has become the most watched premiere in Hulu's history. Here you hmm. go, Hulu. Freaking Predator, man. See what that happens when you add a little Predator to it? Guys, and I'll talk all the Ezra Miller, HBO Max, Warner Brothers stuff. It does look like Blue Beetle and multiple James Gunn projects are moving forward. So we're going to get our Peacemaker 2, uh, Season yep. 2, mm-hmm. and hopefully we get this Blue Beetle movie. Um, but there's not the Static Shock was supposed to get an HBO Max movie. There's no talks about that right now. I yeah, wouldn't and be there's surprised no point holding your breath either. Nope, yeah. nope, 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 nope. But guys, that's the news that was the news i got a question for you lawrence you got a question for me what's your question well you brought up love death robots is getting a season four which is phenomenal yes Did, you didn't get a chance to watch that oat studio thing i started watching the first episode and then life happened <laughs> but it looks amazing i want to finish it I, it was one of those things where life happened and it's like i actually want to sit down and focus on this i don't want to like have this going while something else is popping up but so far, oh, it looks freaking amazing. You know what else I did watch since I've already derailed the train? I did watch <laughs> the the Baby Groot stuff. I watched oh, the first episode. I too. Yeah, yeah. I watched them all. They're, they're like five-minute episodes, but yeah. there's only about three minutes of content, and there's like three minutes of credits. So they're like <laughs> three-minute episodes. Opening. <laughs> yeah. So within 15 minutes, you can watch all five episodes. I was like, okay. It's not for us. The kids I mean, it's it. for us, but it's like, you know, it's Pixar. It's like, you know, if you love Monsters, Inc., here's yeah, but, but what's odd about it for, like, being for a kid is there's still only about three minutes worth of content. So that kid's, like, <laughs> bored in a second. Sure, you like, want content, Jack. You play them. You just let them roll through. Uh-oh. On repeat. Let them roll through. But then they're watching more credits than they are content. So it's still kids be hard don't for sit kids. down. They're playing with their toys while it's on. Jack, these kids yeah. ain't yeah, right. sitting down. Yeah, you're right. I'm <laughs> and sorry. honestly, they made it for us. But it's like bite-sized little nuggets. I like the first one. I thought it was hilarious when he like became like a god to those people and then he stepped thought he killed them. Ooh, <laughs> he stepped really? on them. But I'm sorry, yes. spoiling baby. Sorry, guys. But it's hilarious. <laughs> All three minutes of it. <laughs> All three minutes of it. Uh, yo, I want to take before we get into what we're going to get into, I want to talk about a little something that popped up on Instagram. I want to have a soap box moment, and I love you guys to jump on the box with me, if you will. So, well, we know Rich loves boxes. Oh, yeah, pause. I'm not even sure what I think that means. He knows what it means. So, basically, we put up two Instagram posts one of Juan Carlo Esposito as uh, Professor X, and then one as a possible Norman Osborne. And I was having a field day in the comments with people. And it was so interesting hearing the backlash around it. And I got into conversations with people talking about comic book accuracy, like we did in the Wolverine episode when we did the, the, the debate. Right. And they were like, we just want them to look how they look in the comics. Then I said, did you mind that huge? Jackman was 6'3". Because if you didn't mind, then what's the difference? Did you mind that Professor X is British in the movies when he's supposed to be from New York? Did you mind those things? Or is it just skin color? Some of the guys went back and forth with got real ignorant and they got blocked. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, some actually engage in 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 good dialogue. But this one guy, Coco Unlimited, follow him on Instagram. He has a really great account. He put up. He blamed us for this. He said, "Hey, if you guys got a problem with this, go reach out to Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk because they inspired it." <laughs> but he put up this thing talking about token white characters, and I think it's worth a listen. He said, "Token white character," because he said it in a way that I couldn't I couldn't formulate my words. So certain types of people always talk about token black or gay or trans or whatever is threatening their world at the moment types of characters but no one talks about the original tokens which is every single legacy white character ever created why were superman batman spider-man captain america yada 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 all created to represent only one side of the cookie to appease their to appease their audiences there's nothing organic about a fictional character every choice is deliberate all those legacy characters had to be white in order for the publisher to sell them so you could just as easily say all the legacy characters are token white characters it's Hmm. 2022 and even though a snapshot shot any time of day on social media might tell you otherwise we actually have come a long way in the country and this world who's to say those prejudices if they weren't in place in the 60s who's to say professor x might very well not be black character in the first place whether juan Carlos esposito plays professor x or not it's time to stop pretending there's some embedded ethnic sanctity that just can't be altered in fictional characters especially if they come in an era where the overwhelming commercial pressure was for them to be white in the first place You know, what's interesting about the X-Men in general is the whole meta of the X-Men was dealing with prejudice in the first place. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the fact that you wouldn't actually let it expand on that is is just absurd you know and and i'm all for people liking don't want the comics messed up but it's like the comics aren't messed up and i was talking to a guy he's like i just want to stick to canon I'm like, it is. Comic books are their own canon. Movies are their own canon. Now, if they decided to make Professor X black across all media for everywhere, and you're a purist, I can say, okay, you can be mad because now yeah, he's changed I didn't everywhere. hear anyone really complaining about Samuel L. stepping into it. Well, they made him black in the comic. They made him black in the in like their Elseworlds made, comic. They've made almost mm. all characters have uh, some race equivalent to them at this point. All the major hitters have a different race equivalent for them. Yeah. Batman, Superman, all these guys. Spider-Man. I, I think possibly in the combo community, he was tur- uh, there was a black, um, what's his name? Nick Fury in the comics. So maybe that received the backlash. So by the time the movies came out, the argument was already had. And we don't have Twitter and Instagram during that time like I'll that. Also, I'll also say this. They have turned Storm white in certain comic books with blue eyes and That's white. Cool. Storm, yeah. storm. So yeah. I'm like, f everybody who's got a problem with anything at this point. It's crazy. Like, it's if you can like, do that, then everything's free range. And just shut the shut up. Yeah, and and like no no one has a point because Juan Carlos Esposito is actually a perfect Professor X. Oh, yeah. His work, I mean, he can he can capture it. Now, if they were gonna make him Magneto. And you really feel like the Holocaust part of his story matters. I can see you now. You're you're talking. There's a story point. If you're like, I don't think Batman could be black because the Waynes need to be part of old money, one percentile. They need to be a part of that. That's how this spoon, this silver spoon kids world is fractured. I'm like, I can see your point from a story perspective, but there is no reason why Professor X has to be white. Yeah, there's especially no reason when half why? the problem with these movies being adapted is the stories, anyways. Yeah, like. Well, he bought it. He bit, it makes, he bit the hook. No, I didn't. At all. Yeah. No, I didn't. He agreed. There is no reason why Peter Parker is white. He doesn't have to be. He's from Queens. True. They're hard up. Yeah. He's very smart, but doesn't have the resources. And he wears well, a costume that hides his whole face. Devil's advocate. 
his uncle's name was Ben. You're right. No, Jack. Black people's name what? are Ben. Yeah, shut up, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm sort of like, wait, what? But like Peter Parker was white because, you know, it was a white established that created Spider-Man. He could have easily been black and the stories would be exactly the same. Um, but but that kind of is it's it's the people at the head telling these stories often reflect themselves in their stories. That's so fair, if, I, yeah. if I'm creating content, then I might create a, a heroic figurehead that resembles me because I want to see myself reflected in the content. Right. But eventually, since it's a business, you're going to have to like take your creation and put it through the machine. So now right. it has to be 6'2 and full of muscles because at one point in time, that's what it had to be. Then that changed. We're able to get a 5'3 Wolverine. So as the machine starts to change and public expectation of what they want starts to change, we can now diversify the material because at one point, everyone was supposed to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like yeah. every hero. But that changed. So why can't it? There's a pretty good series on, I think it's on HBO. It's uh, it's all about Milestone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's worth, it's worth watching. Um, and kind of how, you know, they, that whole, what they were doing was pioneering change in comic books and how we saw things. Well, they were. <laughs> you had Icon, you had Static Shock, you had a whole Milestone universe. Yeah. But it wasn't supported like it should have been supported. And then it went away and it came back and it went away and now it's back. And they're like, just make your own characters. But would you come out for them? Right. And mm-hmm. we had exceptions like Black Panther, but that's very compared to how many black combo characters that are out there. But, but Black Panther also, I mean, the way Black Panther got introduced, when Black Panther got introduced, I think it was in like 63 or something like that, was introduced in in an established comic that was wildly successful at the time, Fantastic Four. Yeah. And, and, and so Black it was, it's hard was still, to be a standalone character getting any kind of thing. Well, also, Black Panther was still made by white people. So it wasn't like Hence black the people. the name Black Panther, probably. <laughs> right. What are we going to call him? How about Panther? No, no, about, they need to know. Nah, <laughs> nah. Black something. <laughs> be black something. Black power. Black Panther. There we go. Wow. Wow. So anyways, that's my soapbox moment. I feel like everyone's entitled to their opinion. Once it starts getting like racial insults going back and forth, it's like if you then you're part of the problem. And the main guy who I had to block, he was a black dude who hated oh all of this. He's like, and I'm black. Hey, and I'm let like, let me say this. This this my soapbox sentiment. Not being part of the problem still doesn't mean you're part of the solution, though. Mm-hmm. You, you got to be active. Anyone who actually cares about any of these things we're talking about, not being a part of the problem is still just not being part of the solution. Yeah. And you're allowed to like what you like, but don't pretend like some things don't work. Don't pretend <laughs> like Gary Oldman as Gordon was so radically different than Jeffrey Wright's Gordon in The Batman. Like they were, they were like opposing characters. They weren't. They both were great interpretations and pretty accurate for the character. Because Gordon's skin color doesn't matter. It, it it is what it is. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. You can't turn Black Panther white because Black Panther being black is part of the whole reason why he exists in the first place. That would right. be bad. You shouldn't yeah. turn Storm white, Jack. No. But apparently they playing with it. I guess. <laughs> you know what? You've just inspired my next post. Oh God. Oh, God. all right. Let's let's. Let's 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 uh let's uh Rich stop laughing, man. Okay, cool. Jack, don't smile. This is serious business. Yeah, I just got killed. <laughs> it's time for a debate. Let's get ready. We're going back to school on this one. 
you have to go into your history books, man, because I want to know if you compare any fictional character from a comic book, video game, or anime together with a historical figure, living or dead, in a live-action buddy comedy, who would you pair together, and what would you call the film? Ooh, this Ooh. is good. Jack, you came up with this. He said a historical figure living or dead? Sure. Wow. Hmm. That takes a lot of confidence to call yourself historical if you're still alive. That's a that's a con that's a dude with mad confidence. <laughs> that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, clearly there's got to be some. I mean, Obama is already gonna be a, he's a historical figure. He will I would I would say Donald Trump probably considers himself as a historical figure. He definitely considers himself. <laughs> no hate Not to him. anybody watching, but y'all come on. Um, um so uh what do you guys got? All right, let me jump into this. I get the ball rolling. I would create a murder mystery crime thriller starring Elmer Fudd and <laughs> Jessica Rabbit, and it, it would be called Who Killed Roger Rabbit? It'd be the long-awaited sequel to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and the historical figures in it would be two detectives from the 1920s, Izzy Einstein and Mo Smith. They were detectives during the Prohibition era, and what they were famous for, they were known nationally for shutting down speakeasies and going into bars undercover where their own faces were actually plastered to the walls as, have a lookout for these cops, and they'd go into those places undercover and they'd still bust the people up. They had over... 4,000 arrests. So it'd be a oh. murder mystery with these two real-life detectives, Elmer Fudd and Jessica Rabbit, trying to find out who killed Roger Rabbit. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so these two detectives were, were known for breaking up speakeasies is what you said well prohibition was a big thing so they were like right. going against the whole so just wants to know how are they qualified in to, to, to solve a murder <laughs> like what are we talking they're about they're, they're detectives uh, okay but they're they're, they're breaking down speakeasies like illegal establishments not still so much you know finding the murder of someone exactly so they're gonna have to adapt and rise above it and they're and they definitely have to use all the disguises they had why wait oh, wait wait what? because they're still working with <laughs> Hold on. Wait, 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 but think about it. Elmer Fudd? <laughs> Elmer Fudd's no. probably the prime suspect. I'm not. Why do we I'm have not... to use disguises? <laughs> Didn't you say he just walked into places without disguises, even though their faces were plastered on, on things? Yeah. So, what disguises do they have? I don't A know, hat? Apparently, they were really good at it. <laughs> what? And it'd be called Who Killed Roger Rabbit. People would see this. They'd flock to the Rich, theaters to see this movie. I don't even know the play to throw a flag on it. I don't, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious, though. I'll watch it. I'd watch it. you telling That's me you wouldn't watch it? I'd watch it. <sighs> I don't know. Elmer Fudd teams up with Jessica Rabbit. That's not I mean, the selling point. That's not really the selling point. <laughs> that's not the selling point at all. But I mean, Jessica Rabbit by herself will be a selling point for some people. But you know, hey man, to each his own. Rich man, you talking that? a lot of trash against what Jack got? Is not mine? It's horrible. But we're still gonna talk about it. I want to get your know, Peacemaker and Mahatma Gandhi. Gandhi. I'm I'm go I'm, I'm watching it. <laughs> um. I I'm with it. I see. It. I already see it. I see it. Go ahead, Rich. Peacemaker Mahatma Gandhi. Um, pretty much, Gandhi is trying to get Peacemaker. This is before Peacemaker, before the series and everything. Gandhi's trying to install a little bit of, um, I guess, peace in the Peacemaker, like convincing them, yeah, maybe you shouldn't be killing all these people. Maybe you shouldn't be killing at all. Oh and my then, God. What? Maybe his name wasn't originally Peacemaker. It was something else. Like he literally gets his name after working with Gandhi. <laughs> 
I mean, we could do that, but I don't think I want to change the story of a piece. All right, you're right. I'm sorry. Keep going. I, okay. I totally jumped in there. <laughs> so, yeah, you did. <laughs> so, Gandhi <laughs> is trying to help Peacemaker to find his peace. Um, maybe turn down his um, violent ways. And, uh, you know, Peacemaker is trying to get Gandhi a little uh, gully out here. Yeah. But uh, I don't know exactly what they're going to be doing, but it's going to be like a buddy cop shenanigans. What's the name of it? Oh, that's a good one. Making Peace. Uh, may peace reign upon you. Yeah, making peace, may peace reign upon you. What? Boom, 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 boom. We just made that right there, people. Wow. Dude, can we have a scene in the movie where before Gandhi meets Peacemaker, like he takes Peacemaker's name like mad literal? He's like, I'm about to meet this man who calls himself Peacemaker. Yes. And then is completely Exactly. And he's like, <laughs> blows someone's brains out, like right in front of him, and like brains. Arterial spray splatters on Gandhi and he's like mortified. Yes. Rich, you aced this assignment. Jack, he <laughs> aced this freaking assignment. This is yeah. dope. Oh man. All right. I'll try to go next after this. Um, mine's a time travel movie. Okay. And I'm I, and I got Shaka Zulu and Black Panther. Oh, that's easy. Okay. Go oh, on, go 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 on. Let's hear it. Yeah, well, Shaka Zulu, for those yeah. that don't know, is the king of like the Zulu Empire. He rose, he was a soldier, he was a warrior. He's pretty much T'Challa. And T'Challa meets him, but the story goes T'Challa would go back in time to be with um, Shaka Zulu, and Shaka Zulu would also come to the present to be with T'Challa. And they would see how each other work and how different it is. And T'Challa would be like mesmerized by how Shaka Zulu is able to lead and fight with no technology and with a very colonized. Africa and fighting off colonizers. I think it'd be really interesting in seeing different perspectives from these two black war African warriors and how it reflects what they take home after their journey. Call this baby kings, man. Call them kings. kings. Baby kings. No, not baby, baby kings. kings. I'm, I'm oh, gonna say call this <laughs> baby kings. I'm like, okay. no, call this baby okay. kings. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. I was about to be like, what are you talking about right now? Baby kings. I'm dead, Rich. I'm gone. I'm gone. Um, uh, that's a I good movie. Like, I feel like the previous like Black Panthers would have recorded that history. I don't know. They might have recorded it. But but not, I, not unless I mean, not unless they were on like another side of Africa, maybe. No, they recorded it, that. but I don't think, but they didn't experience it because they cut themselves off. So they recorded it like outside observers, but to be in the trenches with the Zulu people, with Shaka Zulu, and seeing what this leader had to fight against. I think it'd be very interesting for T'Challa to see as a leader and a king in his own time. I'm What's... confused with the way the time travel works in the movie. So one guy goes back in time and then he has his experience. And then one they guy can, comes They, they come back to the present because he's like, I need your help. I need your help. And then what mm -hmm. happens? He sends him back to the past to die. You know, after Shakazulu's been to you know 2022 and he's had like a Starbucks coffee, you think he's gonna want to go back? Yeah, yeah. Shakazulu would go back because let me tell you something. He would go back to his people and uh, arm them. To I the feel key. like you are messing with the timeline. This is dangerous, dangerous movie right now. Like I am messing with the timeline. You're messing with the timeline. You you're Rich, gonna mess with the fabric of I'm time creating and a multiverse. Oh. But like, you're changing franchise. Yes, yeah, but wait, yes, wait, look, look what he just did. Imagine a world where slavery wouldn't have been possible because these guys were armed with future tech. Mm -hmm. I, I'm interested to then see what happens in the future future. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
What's it called again? The king baby? The baby wait, king? wait, wait. How are you hating on this, Rich? You should, this is how are you hating on this? Shaka Zulu and Black Panther, an historical figure in a cow. How are you hating on this? Because you're messing with future. You're messing with the time. Because he goes, let's say he goes to the future, manages to steal something, and then bring it back, and then, you know, alters history. Would it be so bad if history were altered a little bit? I mean, just you know. because we're conditioned to a thing doesn't mean that thing we've been conditioned to is actually a thing we probably want to be in. We're just used to it. Yes. Rich. Yeah. It's Baby Kings. I'll go watch it. Rich. <laughs> I'll go watch Baby Kings. I'm for it. Rich. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> when did front row when... seats? I'll be right there. Baby Kings. <laughs> when did Gandhi die? Oh, you're just petty. Now. It don't matter when he dies. You said living or alive, dead or alive. Gandhi it don't matter. We're all messing with the timeline. It don't matter. We're, Jack got these detectives playing with cartoons. And you're coming at me for messing with the timeline. Everyone go out there and watch Baby Kings, right? Listen, Jack has cartoons. I'm done. I'm done. I feel picked on. <laughs> I'm done. Everybody watch Baby Kings. I'm with you. Man, great debate, guys. Great debate. That was a fun one. Well done, Jack. Well done. Good good, uh, good question there. But let's get to the reason why we're here. It's, it's time, time for the, the main event. event. Today, today, we're talking the sand man. Netflix's Sandman. What a freaking show, man. What a freaking show. First, we're going to go into our spoiler-free review, and then we will do our deep dive. Here's a brief synopsis. Upon escaping after decades of imprisonment by a mortal wizard, Dream, the personification of Dream's Seth's about to reclaim his lost equipment. That is a little brief synopsis given to us by IMDb. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts, your spoiler-free thoughts on Sandman? The Sandman. I would say for a comic book that was largely thought to be impossible to adapt, actually turned out to be one of the most faithful adaptions of any comic book brought to the screen, large or small. And it's not without its flaws. Definitely has some changes. Um... But I think if you're a fan of the Sandman series, it's hard not to enjoy this content. And I think if you're not a fan of the Sandman series, it's still just fun content. Um, Neil Gaiman had a very involved hand in in adapting this. And if you... Well, I won't get into any of the other stuff. So that's my spoil free. I think it's it's pretty faithful content and adapted pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me... Not to get into spoiler territory, but I feel like the series was kind of split in two. Uh, the first half was one story. The second half was the second story. Yeah. I enjoyed the series, but the first half, that really hit me in the sweet spot. I really enjoyed the first half of the series. I love the tone. I love the feel of it. I am not a Sandman reader. I've never read Sandman. Honestly, I know nothing about the Sandman. So I was going into this completely open and I had a freaking good time, man. Even though I didn't, the, the second half didn't hit my sweet spot, it was still a good freaking watch. I thought the actors were great. I thought the, the, what they were able to imagine. And this is, and guys, we're so used to watching stuff at home. This is still a TV ish budget. This is not, you know, this is not, doesn't have avatar money. And what they were able to accomplish and visualize, I thought it was pretty dope. Rich, what do you think, man? Yeah, I thought it was, uh, I mean, I 
also never looked read the comic, but I listened to the book, the audiobook, and it pretty much is like Jack said, there was a few changes here and there. They moved a few things up, a couple things up in the timeline and how it actually unfolds. Other than that, it was uh it was true to the content for the most part. Mm. All in all, it was it was it was it was pretty true and it was pretty good to watch it all like in in on 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 the screen rather than imagining in my head how how someone else envisualized how it would be. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Like and yeah, look like Lauren said there's um it's like two parts of it, but that's how pretty much the story was. It was like when he got captured and then you know one thing and then another thing and another thing. But um but yeah that's it was it was definitely two tones to it and it was dope. I was digging both tones. Yeah, man. Uh we'll just jump right in. It's funny you said what you said, Jack, that it is super faithful because there's a lot of Sandman purists, similar to the sandbox moment, who did not like some of the changes. They did not like that some of the characters were black and they did not like that Joanna Constantine (laughs) was not John Constantine. But there's a reason why they did that. So in the series, in the book, John Constantine is in it and a bunch I'm sorry, a bunch of DC characters are actually in the Sandman comic book mm-hmm. because Sandman is DC property. And and any comic book usually gets a little more mileage when you can put in some of those supporting characters. The problem with getting John Constantine in the content was um, rights. They already and, yeah, they had plans for him. Exactly. And they had to so, pay for those rights, yeah. Right, so it was a conflict of interest. And so they felt like it was an opportunity to use Joanna Constantine instead of John Constantine, but let it be the same character, essentially. Yeah. And I didn't have a problem with it. I was a little, I did I did a fun, I, I thought, oh, that, that's odd for a moment. But then I got it. I, I understood why they did it. Yeah, and Joanna Constantine is in the book. She's the, uh, she's John Constantine's ancestor. And that's in one episode when we're in the past, we meet her. Yeah. And exactly what you said, Jack. Uh, I can, I can empathize if I was a, if I was a freaking Sandman purist, if I love the comics and love Constantine, I can see how that would really rub somebody the wrong way. Possibly. Um, but Constantine, the, the, the content wasn't about Constantine even in the comic. Right. So the Sandman series we watched is the first 16 comics of the Sandman comic book adapted to screen. So it's only the first 16 episodes that we're even seeing adapted. There were some big changes. One big change, I would think, if you're a purist, is Sandman's look. In the comic book, he is as white as a sheet of paper, and his eyes are actually stars. Yeah. He has, like, a constellation in his eyes. And what's funny is if you watch any of the the behind-the-scenes stuff, they talk about how they tried all those things. They CGI'd star effects over his eyes that looked cheesy. (laughs) They did contacts, which didn't read well on camera, and they did another effect, which ultimately didn't work. And it was Neil Gaiman who said, actually, I want to see the actor's eyes after seeing... Look, I'm glad we tested it, but his eyes are conveying more motion and more truth and more range than any of these effects. So I'd rather just see his eyes at this point. Yeah. And the other thing is they actually did him in like a starch white makeup for some test. Hmm. And they said that felt weird on camera also because in the scenes where he's supposed to be going through time, just inter- engaging with people, he look, it looked too weird. Where some stuff on works on the page. Yeah, it works on the yeah. page. Not everything translates well. And he was pretty white to me. I mean, he was pretty, I- he was pretty pale. I call it pale. <laughs> he still was pale. He still 
yeah, was yeah. So, yeah. so so to me that goes back to this was a very faithful adaptation where it wasn't that it wasn't from a lack of concern i mean gaiman was there and they were testing everything you know they rearranged some plot stuff a big one was the corinthian Mm. where Corinthian doesn't come on in the comics. It doesn't come till way later in the story, but they dropped them right in the first episode. And when you look at how the Corinthian ends up being the overall antagonist for Sandman for the series, I instantly understood why they moved them. And it actually gave a through line for the whole series. Yeah, I, I feel, and we saw, we see this with Robert Kirkman on The Walking Dead and Invincible, where when they're involved, they're making changes, and they're like, if I got a chance to go back and rewrite a draft, I play with it. Like he said on The Walking Dead in the comic, he regretted cutting Rick's hand off. That's why in the series, it doesn't happen. He's like, if I can go back, I would never have done that. And then Invincible, oh, okay. when he was like, I'm getting to go back to the material, so you're you're going to play with it a little bit. I, he said, I wrote this when I was 25. Yeah. Like, why would I keep it the same? Yeah. So it's really cool that I'm glad you said that, Jack. This isn't just Netflix and people doing the Hollywood thing. No, he's right there going, guys, I was able to write emotion in my words. But I need his eyes for the visual manifestation of my work. I need to see into his eyes. It works on yeah. the page, but I need his eyes. And there are like that. a handful of moments in the content where you see his eyes look almost vampire-esque or they reflect like a like a cat in the night. Yeah. You know, there's mm -hmm. some shots where you see that. And that's what they were trying to do. They're trying to show the cosmic element of him. Yeah. I dug it, man. So we jump right in and and we're kind of we're with Sandman. We're with this guy. Uh, I forgot his name, but basically, ah, uh, let me look him up. Daddy Lannister from Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I call him, Daddy Lannister. What a but jerk, man. He plays <laughs> wonderful jerks. He's he really good at playing like Definitely terrible does. people. Um, Roth, ah, what's his name? Yeah. Sorry, guys. You know his name because you watch the series if you're in spoiler territory. Basically, he, his son died in war and he's like, I'm going to use what I have to summon death. If I can get death in my power, if I have death, I can get her or him to, to bring my son back to life. Charles but also Dance. say it again. Charles Dance plays Charles Dance. But what's the what's his, what's the character's name? Uh, Roderick Burgess. Roderick Burgess. Yes. So they 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 basically wants to bring death to him and 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 get death to submit and give him what death what he wants. But he doesn't get death. He gets dream instead. He gets Sandman instead. And basically, he's like, I'm gonna lock you here. I have your totems. I have your tools. You don't have any power. I'm gonna lock you here. You're in this that kind of circle. A little like witchcraft, whatever. Yes, yeah. the circle. And he's like, You're gonna stay here. And what I love about this, man, because when you usually have people in these elements, the urgency's played up, but they were like, No, we're gonna play the urgency down. This dude's immortal. He's just gonna wait. Yeah. <laughs> he, and, and say nothing. And you literally see time go by. People get older. Uh homeboy's son. Uh uh, what's his I forgot his name. You just said it. Roth. What is his name? Burgess's son, he has a heart for this dude that's captured and he, and he wants to free him, but also is under his father's, you know, oppression, if you will. And yeah, we see Dream just playing the waiting game, not speaking, not speaking for like a hundred years. Over a hundred years. Over in, the, in the series, it's over a hundred years. It's not quite as long in the comic. But what's nice about all that time passage is almost instantly, the second he's locked up and removed, 
almost instantly you have a worldwide epidemic that just affects people. Their sleep schedules are, are, are off. Some people can't wake up from their dreaming. Some people don't sleep at all now. Like the whole world is in disarray because the guy who affects your sleeping's gone, <laughs> which was, I kind of love that element. And of you, you know, know what's crazy about that? It's historically accurate. In the year 17, 1917 to 1928 in the UK, and in other parts of the world, people suffered uh, diverse dream disorders. The symptoms were high fever, headache, uh, left, uh, they were lethargic, sore throat, double vision, delayed physical and mental response, sleep inversion, and even tone, tone, tone tinea. Catatonic. Yeah, they were catatonic. If the case was severe enough, patients might enter a coma-like state. It was a first named, what they call it, encephalitis lethargia in 1917. So like that actually happened in a period in time and neil gaiman was like hmm that's interesting i wonder who why dream that happened took a holiday dream yeah. took a freaking holiday so all that's going around the world instantly and then you have corinthian well the reason why dream comes into the world in the first place is to find his renegade nightmare so yes. dream creates dreams and nightmares and even renegade nightmare corinthian just having a freaking field day on people and, and, and Dream goes to capture him, but then immediately gets sucked into where he is captured. Guys, I this first half is my freaking jam. This feels like a Tim Burton gothic. I love everything about this. I love Dream's voiceover, dude. The way he voices yeah. over. And his voice is, I don't know what they put on it. It's so rich. It's its otherworldly, uh, the quality they put on his voice. Um I was I was blown away by the, the the first episode in the first half. Completely blown away. Yeah. The first episode hooked me so hard. I binged the whole series in two sittings. Wow. Well, I binged I binged I think six or seven episodes and then I finished it the next day. Dude. It's right. so good. It's yeah. so good. I mean, I pretty much did the same. I'm not going to lie. Maybe like 3 days. But yeah, it was it would from the tone of it, from the the book on into on into this, it was pretty much the same. It matched it the whole way. Like I said, there was a few changes. It wasn't you know a hundred years. It was like maybe like a few generations. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But other than that, it was it was dope. There was one. There was a couple of things. Um. What was it? When he went to go get his ruby back, there was a whole deal with that, and that was like very graphic. But they didn't they didn't really capture all that because that was oh, like, it's more graphic than what they showed us. Yeah. It was like. It wasn't just wolves happening in that. Um, and I, I forgot about the. I forgot if they were talking on the the newscast, but there was definitely more going. It was like a worldwide thing. No, they were talking right. on the. It was it was in the background. Okay. So if you, if you listen to it, you would hear them talking about. Yeah, yeah. I was wishing that was a little more. I was hoping that was a little more prominent. But you had this sense of impending a global impending doom yeah. faintly echoed on the news reports the entire i like that day. it was subtle because because it makes you go back it's like like they were like everything is the i, I don't mind it being subtle I guess. you know there was this one story in, in the book where the well there was one part when the in in the newscast they were talking it was a a kid show pretty much and it was going through the kid show and you know a lot of yada da and then people started killing each other in the kid show it was pretty wild. I was like, yo, I had to go back in the book. I was like, wait, what did I just hear? Like, what is going on right now? But no, there was a lot of there was a lot of stuff. There was um also the touch uh, when he went to hell, he uh, walked past one of his uh his lovers uh, was a African woman. Yeah. And what I liked about that, they, they talked about in the book when he appears, depends on where he's worshipped, he appears how they see him. 
pretty much. Oh, so he, so why when he, he looked, that's why he looked different when she was looking. Right. At him. Yeah. So depending on who you are and how you worship them, how you know how he looked to you is how he'll he'll change his form. That would have been fun eyes. to have. Well, I thought that was actually I thought that was a I understood it in the show, but it was mm-hmm. odd in the series because it's its context isn't actually given. Like we don't know why he shifted in that moment. She was looking at him into an African American guy. Well, because they, because the the guy who was the demon that was bringing him to to see Satan, Lucifer, was yeah. pretty much purposely brought him to her because totally he was there that. because of him. I'm saying she, is she was there because of him. The but, the justification for Dream to be a shapeshifter in that moment mm-hmm. on any level isn't in the content to for us to understand why his form changed in that moment. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just took it as, because again, they, they kind of explain a little bit more in the book, but I just took it as it's kind of like an involuntary thing. It's just, he just changes to to suit what the people visualize him as. But we never see it before that, and we never see it after that. That, and yeah. that, that That's my main, it's not a big hang up. I guess it could. I kind of. That's my main hang up with the series. Is in the beginning it was fine, but towards the end I'm like, I don't know any more about your world, really. Like, right. so you have realms, but there is a hell and there is a Lucifer, and I guess there is a heaven and there is a God. Like I, by the end of the series, I at least want to know how all these elements work with each other, mm-hmm. and I really didn't. I didn't understand the sibling dynamics. I didn't really mm-hmm. understand what does one have to gain from trying to take the other one down. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. I, I didn't understand it. And by the end, in the beginning, I, I didn't mind. Like, just give me little seeds as we go. I'll, we'll figure it out. That was a. By the end of the series, I was like, I don't know nothing about your world. Well, it also started feeling a little more. I mean, it, it still had a, a arc the whole time, but it felt a little more episodic once the collecting his tools section of the content was done mm. which also well, the, the and that's when the content kind of took an odd dip trying to reimagine itself you know after he's got his tools then we have him on the park bench being all emo going i don't know what to do anymore been doing this forever yeah. yada, yada, this and that and uh this is also where the the series diverged from the comics again they started interlapping storylines instead of uh they're separated in the comic they but i like the storylines that, uh, that are in there with the guy who he meets every hundred years that yeah. really well, that i thought that was a brilliant episode because it was like episode one through five is an arc mm-hmm. episode six is kind of like a it's a it's intermission you know where it doesn't pull any story forward then the next ones were dealing with the vortex exactly. so it's like that was a nice middle like transition but, transition and that's what it felt like and and you could almost have the the problem for me when something's so clear i see like this clock ticking because i know it has to resolve itself at a certain point and it started doing that he was had to get the sand now he's got to get the mask then he's got to get the rock and each one of these things are going to be an episode and so you're like you you kind of already know how the first episode four episodes are um and it deviates a little bit, but that's the general scenario, right? I thought when he got the crystal and he was dealing with, um, what's the character's the name? The diner. The uh, doc, Dr. Destiny. Yeah, Dr. Destiny. What's the yeah. kid's name? Yeah. Dr. Destiny is the guy who ends up getting the crystal, right? That's what he, he goes by in the comics. Like, that could have been... That could be 10 episodes. That whole arc could have been a whole exactly. season. Like, that was climactic enough. That could have been the whole 
thing. And really see the world <laughs> fall apart. Well, season exactly. And season two could have been expanding on it. But what they did is they resolved it and then they started expanding with what seasons, what episodes they had left in the season. And it was wanna, nice to see the world, you know. I want to go back a bit. The son of the dude who kidnapped him has okay, kind of heart yeah. of gold. Um, we see the Raven try to help him, which I assume there's been probably other failed attempts that we didn't see. Raven gets <laughs> brutally shot. Blasted. Blasted. Dream gets out. When he goes to hell and he he has a war with Lucifer Mm -hmm. and they're kind of like playing like mental chess. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of that uh, improv game we used the to one do. The one-up game? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you slowly yeah? Have to, you slowly have to one-up the guy or girl until they can't go anymore. That's what it's it reminded like, me of. I drive a car. Oh, yeah? I'm in a plane. Oh, yeah? I'm in a spaceship. Oh, yeah? And then it just keeps going. But why, why was hope the thing that won? Because he says, I am hope. And it almost broke Lucifer. And it was a beautiful moment. But I was like, why? Why? What, what, Lucifer what? played by Brian of Toth. Excellent. Which probably got a lot of people angry too. Like everybody's angry. Everybody's angry. But why was hope? What did you guys do you guys have an opinion about that? Like why was hope the thing that that to me it seemed no one can really argue it thematically, right? Like all of Star Wars is based off of it. All content where good rises above evil is always based on hope, light and dark. To me, it just felt like the the basis thing. I was wondering where he was gonna go with it. I was like, how do you pull this one off? And then when he said hope, I uh, you did a little bit of eye roll, but you also can't defend against it you're like yeah okay everyone everyone like kind of leans on hope or stuff like you know things not going right in your life i mean if people in hell believes in hope or whatever people just believe in hope then oh is is that it though without hope there's no hell because how do you how do you torture people if they don't have some sort of hope that's where right. you're able to like that could be it literally that's what he says he says he says hope of heaven right Right. Well, yeah, I hope of something. It's interesting. I just thought it was I, weird that he, that was I the thing that stopped something close tracks. to the lines of how can you have a hell if people don't have hope? Right. Right. Yeah. It's, okay. Okay. I'm with it. I'm with it. Uh, I love the the diner was dope, man. I love that that episode. It felt they introduced brand new characters that we immediately started to care for and wondered how they're going to fit in this. And then by the end of that episode, it it, it held an interesting question: Is the opposite of truth? lie destiny believes so he believed that if you're not if you're not if you if you're lying you can't be truthful and by the end dream was like no you got it all wrong because he thought if i took away their lies then they're gonna act how they're supposed to act and it's like no man no we 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 speak our hopes we speak what we want whether we believe it or not hopefully those things come into fruition it was interesting the 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 theme they were playing with there i dug it a lot i dug the idea of dude you don't even understand you're like so base with it and then we saw these people literally all kill each other <laughs> after they after, slept with each other they all slept with each other yeah. like of course you're gonna f and you're gonna fight that's a man <laughs> it was so interesting um and then we might have gotten to my favorite episode i love that death episode man i did Just, too Something about her and her performance was so amazing that the way she smiled at them and took their hands. Mm. I, I don't know. This this episode hit me in the... The other ones before this hit me in my comment. I was like, oh, I'm in. This one, like, I'm over here, like, almost welling up. Like, the this thing is... that was so nice about it was you... We were given a moment where Dream was able to 
be human confront his sibling who he felt failed him yeah. why didn't you yeah. come save me and she by the end an of it she didn't answer him right she didn't really answer like I, we it. missed you you weren't but it was like we knew by the end of it though their bond was so strong that it was resolved by the end of the episode their their conflict like yeah. their love was actually there and it felt like what's 100 years to an immortal it's like yeah right. i'll see you well, in 30 the minutes thing i kept wondering yeah. about i think it was for dream not so much he lost time well, he did because the world was falling apart. But also, like, no one thought of me. And that's why, that's what I'm like. By the end, I wanted more of what is this dynamic. But death, I loved just the way she went up to people. And, yo, that that when they walked into that apartment, that house, and she picked up the baby, I was like, no. And she was like, I'm sorry, little one, but your time is up. And it was so gentle. And the dude who was, like, on his honeymoon yeah. and was like, no, 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 I need to tell her. I need to give her flight i'm on my honeymoon and she's like and she takes his hand and she was like i hated my job until i realized i'm here to serve them i'm here to take their hand and walk them into that next chat it was just so sweet and that dude franklin when she was like and oh and this is how brilliant the show is they never tell you she's deaf yeah but you get it the second mm -hmm. she's like franklin i'll see you soon he's like oh yeah we're going on a date i'll see you soon i'm like <gasps> it just hit me and they and they let it sit they didn't like spoon feed it and then in the end, when he's like, oh, man, I almost got hit by that car. She's like, almost, huh? It's like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Franklin. And it was something very poignant in this episode where it was like human beings were never concerned with how they're born. Why are they so concerned with death? They had nothing to do with their birth. But we are. It was, I don't know. It just blew my mind, guys. I'm sorry. This episode blew my mind. It was like, if there's an if there's an episode you submit for your Emmy, as far as like writing is concerned, like submit this joint. I love this well, joint. Well, and, and it's the only episode that's in really, really independent of everything around it. Dude. You know? Oh, yeah. It supports it. It builds the relationships, but it's a And it's just, thing. that's just the first 20 minutes. Then we get into the dude who's like, I don't mind living forever. And then we get into this amazing double play of we just spent the first half of the episode dealing with death. And here we have another, this guy saying, I want life all the time. Right. <laughs> and dealing with dream, feeling abandoned, and now building this friendship to the point where when he missed an appointment, he almost, he has something to say about it. He's like, I missed one because I was captured. I thought that was beautiful. This is beautiful. Yeah. Well, he said, I'm sorry I'm late. And he called him friend for the first time. Yeah, he did. And it's yeah. appropriate yeah, yeah. for a friend to apologize. For did that not hit you in your feels? It was great. Yeah, they wrapped did. the whole it thing up. Oh, it was good. It was so good. And then so good. after this episode is when the content really kind of takes another turn. And that's where I think some things kind of fell apart and lagged for me was the Vortex stuff. Completely. I could still appreciate it, but I thought they really started trying to world build quickly but what worked about the first couple episodes was the intimacy of yes well, it felt cosmic but it felt i felt intimate. like the second half it, that it wasn't about dream i felt like he was barely in some of the episodes it was it, it was something that he needed to fix and then by the end he had an emotional revelation but the episodes weren't about him we spent so much time setting up brand new characters and yeah that's interesting. And, and by this point in the series, I want to follow him. Like, I'm like, I'm with you. But it felt like, yeah, it felt like we're going to show you the problem he needs to fix instead of like dealing with the emotional and mental ramifications of being targeted by your sibling. Like, like, uh, what is it? Uh, Desire set this whole thing in motion. Desire is the one that got him captured in um, 17 whatever in the first place, hoping that eventually 
he would have to stop the vortex by killing someone he's related to. When why that affects him, I don't know. Because basically, you know, I didn't really understand how they resolve that vortex thing. I mean, I got it because the person who was supposed to be the vortex had fallen asleep during the time she was supposed to be the vortex. So it passed down the generations to it the granddaughter. Two generations to the great granddaughter. But yeah. but I didn't understand what would it. it was, it kind of actually didn't really make sense to me that it would do that. And then you could just give it back to the other person anyways at the end of it. Like, you just transfer By the By this vortex. point, I'm like, you just make up... They can make up their it's dreams. <laughs> I guess. I guess. For me, the issue was that it stopped Dream from making a decision. He says, by, he's like, the beginning of this half, I have to kill the Vortex. And by yeah. the end of it, he kills the Vortex. Like, there That's wasn't, true. like, I thought it was going to be a thing of, you find another way. Maybe there's another way. Because he kept saying, we don't know what the Vortex is. We don't know why it is. And so maybe you can figure out why it is and she can live. If she can, maybe she can create worlds. Maybe there's a reason for her. And I don't, and this is probably in the comics, so they can't change it. But as just a viewer watching the series, I was like, he did what he was going to do in the first episode. Yeah. Which was kill yeah. the Vortex. He's, he's so true what's to, true to his word. So what the problem is? He's going to. Kill Corinthian and kill the Vortex. So what's his arc in the second half? That was it. You, oh, you mean in, uh, uh, that? I'm not sure. I don't know. Like he doesn't. Mean, like a season, season two? two? No, no. Everything. The reason why he was different at, in the final episode okay. is pretty much everything he went through in the first half of the series. The second half of the series doesn't add to the growth of his character necessarily. He's just kind of like doing things, but he's not like there's not well, a change that it, he was happened. bringing. He was bringing balance back to to his world and and Earth and in general because of the vortex. Right. I guess what I'm saying is the second half of the series didn't put our character in a position where he has to continue to change. All those things already happened in the first five episodes. Okay. So basically, well, in the he, second five, he's just doing what he would do. So then, what's the point? Well, the other thing that's not happening in the second half of the series is in the first half of the series, there's all these global consequences that were really cool to see happen. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's kind of like my problem with some of these Marvel movies now, where there are these huge events, but they actually have no consequence on anyone else who's not in the series at that point. And so, what was refreshing to see this content was everything seemed to actually matter right. he's locked up the world's in disarray this guy's got the crystal the world's in disarray so he's actually constantly fixing these global issues i guess they What's resolved it with saying like the vortex pulls everything to her so he got he interfered with her before it branched beyond her radius like it didn't go outside of her parameter yet well, the so thing it's thing just the series felt oddly limited because he's dream is a cosmic creature. Right. He's not he's not a, a being that's bound to Earth per se. Mm -hmm. He's a cosmic creature. He even alludes to there being other Earths, other worlds, other dreams, other places. We never really see that, you know. And so yeah. I, I was I kept hoping for a moment where we saw really just how powerful the guy is you know we don't really get I mean, a moment where he's godlike did you get that in the comic like in these yeah, in his there, 16 there are, there are certain like even images of the comic where you see him kind of drawn against the cosmos mm -hmm. and he's larger than life and you know he's almost got the earth in his hand kind of well he has he has the dude in his hand here they gave us that shot of him. Yeah, then it, when when he got the uh, the crystal back, when I really when he got the crystal back, when the crystal was destroyed, that that's, was kind of that. Yeah, 
Okay, that's fair. I give you that. Well, I would say the second half of the series, it was focused on Rose Walker. So, like all the supernatural elements and in in that kind of mysticism that was in the first half, kind of went away in the second half, and it's through her perspective and her point of view. Yeah. Um. I mean, we went to a whole serial killer convention. I, I know more about serial killers than I do about these gods, <laughs> which was fun. You know. Yeah. I, was, things I loved about it. I love the librarian. Phenomenal the in the content. Yeah. She brought humanity. I love the pumpkin. The pumpkin character was voiced by Mark Hamill. Oh wow. Oh, okay. Fun. I needed more. Him just popping out of nowhere. I was it was a little bit it was jarring for me. It was first. odd, right? And I wanted was... more Cain and Abel. Yeah. Like, where did you guys go? It was so fun. It should have been some more Cain and Abel. Like the way they established them, you just know that they're gonna be throughout and they yeah. disappear yeah. halfway. In the, yeah. in the book, like he killed he killed Abel. Abel killed Cain. Oh no, Cain killed Cain Abel killed. like multiple times in the book. Like multiple times. <laughs> Just for fun. Well, yeah. We get that we get that that I mean and that's established in the series as it's clearly an ongoing thing. But um, I don't know what their point is in this realm. Like they're here for a reason. Dream has them here for a reason. He didn't create them, so they're here. Right. I don't need all the whys. I just need the relationship. I guess they tend the garden. I don't know what they do. Yeah, there's, there's something to that house that they 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 were in charge of. I forgot I mean, the name of the house, but it was something to that. They were, and he cares enough about them to get them a new gargoyle. So I'm like, well, I want to see this relationship play. Like him and the librarian, like it played out all the way. You got to see their relationship. I missed that with these two guys. And I feel like this is a missed opportunity because they're amazing. Their dynamic well, is amazing. It is nice how Dream did evolve for someone who's as old as time itself, you know, to see him realize that he was the problem and even his nightmare didn't have to stay a nightmare where he kind of redrafted the the, the female yeah. nightmare. Well, it's it's so hard to talk about this because things I might want to change might be canon, but right. it felt it felt weird for him after all this not to try to find another way not to kill Rose for it to be Unity who came up with the plan. Like like he didn't even think of it. So by the end of it, it felt like your wisdom. Like she even says, "You're not too bright, are you?" I'm like, this is supposed to be this is your your moment dream. This is your moment of oh man, he's grown and like everybody else figured it out. <laughs> Except oh, we see him, we see him do it like his, compa his compassion for humanity is, is somewhat limited. You know, we even see that with Constantine's lover, mm -hmm. you know, Constantine's oh, yeah. ex in the comic. It's amazing. In the yeah. comic, it's John Constantine, but it's the same scenario that plays out. You know, it's yeah. John Constantine's uh, ex-girlfriend and this, it's Joanna Constantine's ex-girlfriend. But the same equation is dream kills her at the end of it. True. But give, but he, but, but he gives her a dream to be in. It still kills her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, he, he doesn't kill. He takes his sand. He's like, I got to take my sand. It still kills her. I gotta take my sand. Yeah, she did. Um, but the but what's what's cool in the comic is Constantine seems far more affected by it than the series allotted Joanna to be affected by it. Ah, uh, okay. Right, like John is really walking around with that's one more nightmare for him to incorporate into his already nightmare filled life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What I. What I appreciate about the series is that they allowed Joanna Constantine to be reminiscent of John, but not John. They could have easily came up with like just a female version of John, but they didn't. She was like her own character, but still mm -hmm. matched him in a way. I dug it, man. Like I said, the second half, I wanted more of a dream. I thought just following the kids around, I felt like just everything that was mystical kind of slowed down to a dead stop. Um, but I, I, I said, okay, I see what you guys are doing. It's deliberate. So I'll go on this journey. The second chapter is on Earth. It's an earthly story. 
while the other one was more of a, I guess, a bigger supernatural one. But I dug it, man. I dug it. Uh, season two, I want to know how this world works. I want to know why Desire wants to kill Dream or make Dream submit to his power. I want to know what, what would have happened if Dream killed Rose Walker killed someone he's related to because he said that would have been a thing if you killed your own blood would have happened if he did i want to know all of those things without having to go read the comic um but i will say the show did make me want to read the comic book guys i'm gonna give this bad boy out of 10 for what it is it was a 7.5 for me man hmm. it's kind of hit this issues but it hit okay i will yeah. give it i will give it a solid seven. That's what she said. Um, because yo, it, it really, <laughs> it really. I mean, for me, it pretty much stayed to the tone of the comic for the most part, or the tone of the book, I should say. For the most part, there were changes. They did make move things around here and there, but for the most part, it was it, it, it stayed true. And I enjoyed the book, so I enjoyed watching this on live stream. Yeah, you know, I I enjoy the series. Probably more than I was expecting to. I was ex I was hoping that I was gonna like it, and then I really liked it. Um, but I liked it even even moments like I, I particularly like moments where you know Doctor Destiny's just sitting in the back seat with the woman driving the car. Yeah, and I'm yeah. nervous for her, and yet he's not a bad guy and she's doing what you expect her to do because she's scared so maybe that's a little cliche but i understand it but then he has true character and he gives her the medallion that's protect protects you and i'm sitting there going these are great little moments and the whole series is just filled with them stephen fry who plays the uh the human manifestation of a garden that goes missing oh gilbert yeah, yeah. gilbert yeah <laughs> And you're like, he's just so whimsical and wonderful. And it's hard not to instantly love him. And when you, you see know? the garden, you're like, yeah, that yeah, that is like, him. Yeah, that's him. That's right. <laughs> that is him. That happened in the book. It's exactly, right? Yeah. And, that, and that's the but other thing. Like, just to, just to kind of, he killed that woman in the book, though. There was no amulet. That woman got got. What, Rose? Yeah. Now Rose, um, the, the woman who, who, who oh. he caught a ride with. He did. Oh. It, well, it was nice that he didn't in the series because it it may it's a save the cat moment. It makes it harder for us to hate him as an audience member because we see he's he is after something good. He is trying yeah. to do. And then when when Dream says, "I could kill you, but this isn't your fault." Right. It, pl it was placed in your hands by someone else. It's like you you they, they find a way for us to have even Corinthian. We have empathy for Corinthian. He's like, "Dude, you made me this way, right. and I just want to feel human." Something you never could, man. What do you give it, Jack? It's a tough one. I uh, I give it an eight. Ooh, wee! Jack don't right. hand out these numbers for nothing. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I thought the acting was really good. Texture was good. Texture means a lot to me. Texture was good. I um, the story was good, and yeah, it deviated from the source material, but it deviated from the source material in ways that I felt actually helped it adapt to the screen. Yeah. Like, it didn't deviate oh, yeah. from the source material because executives were just making arbitrary changes, which happens all the time with content. It felt... Um, faithful watching and you have the and guy involved who created it yeah you know you know my gripe is i'd like to feel more cosmic i want i would have liked to have had a better sense of the endless you know 
his mm. his family and i'm hoping that that's the season two i'm a little gun shy because i think it's probably hard to follow up what works so well about this season in a mm. season two but uh you know i'm optimistic that i'll i'll at least like it they pretty much had two seasons in one and the yeah. second half was very different than the first half we still found it enjoyable so yeah just keep I mean, doing it. Yeah. I mean, listen, the book itself was like 11 hours of listening. So, you know, they, they got content. It. Yeah, they got stuff. There was stuff that they didn't that they didn't put in there. And they definitely dumbed it down. Well, I ain't going to say dumb it down. They definitely toned it down so it transitioned better for the screen so everyone can watch it because so, it was So Sandman's a finished product. It's like finished. It's not like there's still... I know nothing. I'm sorry for you Sandman fans. It's like over and done. It has to be like... Or is there more Sandman? Oh, no, I don't know about the comic. I mean, it's still, it's just DC content, you know? Yeah. Is Neil Gaiman writing it still? That, I'd be okay. lying if I knew the answer to that. But Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster haven't been doing Superman in... <laughs> For a very long time. You know, yeah. Fair. 70 Fair. years at least. So a bunch of different people eventually start picking up these this content, doing their own stuff. Ooh. Neil Gaiman is more like an alan moore type so you know he might not I mean, but i'll say alan moore's not doing watchmen you yeah. know the new spinoff watchmen stuff that's not alan moore no, that's all it's dc DC's. content um yeah okay well an eight a 7.5 and a seven that brings us to a nice 7.5 rating wow this might be the highest rated thing so far on three brothers and a shot of milk guys i think it's time for some recommendations like I've done this before, so there might be repeats. But after watching this show, I feel like we gotta give recommendations to like what source material has been translated the best into live action. We've done okay. this before. We're gonna do it again. Invincible. It's hard to beat oh. Invincible, Invincible. Or, uh, as an adaption. It's pretty much Invincible. And I'll say this: if we were giving ratings when we reviewed Invincible, it would definitely have the highest score at it. Might might be oh, a yeah. nine. That might be oh, a nine point five ten. Might yeah, be a ten. Nine point five easy. 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 Um, but invincible, man. And it's not that adaption where it's boring because it's exactly the same. They found a way to pump life into it. So even if you've read it, you're watching the series at the edge of your seat at the same time. Brilliant. But it felt like the comic just like this really come to life. Yes. I mean, that it, scene where he's punching his kid in the face dude. and the kid's like missing a tooth, but then he's missing a tooth. And you're like, Dad, you're like, wow, this content was, is great. It was like they found a way to exist. Like some things get adapted because, hey, we want IP. Invincible, the animated series, exists for a reason. Oh, man, There's a reason why. And it gets you in your freaking feels. Next adaption, I have to say, man, it, it, The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. The Walking Dead is a great adaption. So much so, fans balked at Negan, spoiler alert, crushing oh, Glenn's man. head. I'm like, guys, oh, that is literally in the comics. Yeah. It, and it's like when your TV audience and your comic audience can only st don't stomach the same things too well. But that's literally that's the comic book. And then last but not least, best adapted, I would have to say from a TV series standpoint, I'd have to go with um. I need milk in this moment. I don't know. I don't know. I had a lot. I lost it. I lost did it. You, did you have one? No. I'm, I'm winging this. This is a Christmas party. <laughs> well. That's good. I mean, listen, quality, not quantity. Those are two really great adaptions. Yeah, and, and there's other good ones, but as far as like page to screen, pitch perfect, the way you experience Sandman, there's not a whole lot. No. 
I mean, page to screen, Zack Snyder is a true visionary, but it's it's the visual page to screen, yes. I give Zack Snyder all day, but mm-hmm. the story and the content unfolding page to the screen. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. And usually it's not. Sometimes the story will be, but the visual's not. And the visual is, but the story's not. But these adaptions found a way to please both audiences. Well, there's some people that are really mad that some characters are black and some characters are women, but we don't care about the way they feel. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show, guys. That is our show. I hope you had a good freaking time. We'll be back. Make sure you download, like, subscribe. Check us out on TikTok. Check us out on Instagram. Three Brothers and a Shot of Nook. We're dropping content every day, all day. We also got a YouTube channel. We got Jack showing off his comic books. We got Rich with his unboxing. I'm unboxing stuff. Chris is reviewing his toys with the craziest rating system I've ever seen in my entire Kind of works, it's amazing. It completely works. Man, we're everywhere. So download, like, subscribe, tell a friend. We'll be back. Same bat time, same bat channel. Peace. Later.